was great fun working with uh, with San Francisco Brass Band, just kind of getting them kind of acquainted with the brass band uh, thing, getting getting the sound and getting some of those gestures that they they hadn't quite connected to come together. Lots of fun stuff. Yeah, that's cool. That's one thing I hope Athena can we can maybe do a little better a job of because it's hard when we only see each other for two days. <laughs> And then, like, that's it. You're telling me, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, uh, welcome to New World Brasscast. We are here with the Jessica Steeringer, and she is the conductor of Athena Brass Band um, that is going to be playing at the International Women's Brass Conference coming up soon. Yay. Welcome. Yay. Hi, everybody. So Aaron, are you, you're going to? I'm going, yep. What are you planning on doing? So I am doing a recital and judging mock orchestra tuba auditions. Oh, very cool. When is your recital? Right after I get done judging mock tuba orchestra auditions. <laughs> they put it Perfect right timing. back to back. Yeah, I'm. so the cool thing, so my buddy from college, Mike, is uh he's now getting his doctorate in conducting at texas austin and i was like hey if i pay for your registration will you just like hang out with me at the conference and so i'm gonna have him get me like a sandwich really quick for doing it too because still uh because i have to fly into dallas fort worth it's still cheaper for me to pay for his flight or for his registration and have him drive me than it is for me to pay for an uber twice both ways so that's the easiest way to go about it but yeah, so it's it's Wednesday evening. I think it's like six or something like that. I should know that better. Oh, okay. I'm gonna cool. get there, and that's when I'm gonna pay attention to what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> I I have to tell you, uh, when I hosted the IWBC at Rowan, um, I was also a featured artist. Um, <laughs> so you I were scheduled, crazy. I remember that. I scheduled. I scheduled my performance with the large ensemble uh, for the first night because I was like, I will not be sleep deprived yet. Um, but the recital, just due to scheduling and how it worked out, it was impossible to schedule my recital early. So it was like halfway through the week. So I remember I had uh, like three hours of sleep the night before. And I was running around trying to put out all the little fires that just inevitably happen at a conference like that. And, uh, and then I remember thinking, oh crap, I have to get changed. And I remember I crawled under my desk at, in my office at Rowan and just like set the timer for like 15 minutes. I was like, okay, <laughs> like this is what's going to give me that little bit of energy to get through this recital. It's almost more of a tease than an actual Rest. Well, you don't have, I didn't have time. I mean, you don't, you just don't have so the luxury. Like, in terms of like performance headspace, do you think that did better or worse for you because you didn't have time to like sit there and stew about what was about to happen? You had to just like essentially get ready and go. Well, I mean, to be totally honest, I had, I, I had basically my, what was going to become my CD um, programmed. And I had, um, I was going to have the, the, I had the overhead pulled down so that I could have, um, works of art in the, in the background while I, while I played. Cause the one piece is Chagallian scene. So Dave Chagall, Chagall, and like I had, um, different colors for all of the different, uh, movements of another piece, um, called colors and movements. Um, 
And so I had all this planned. And somehow when I went to open my computer backstage to hook everything up, the whole slideshow disappeared. Um, so in what was going to become my warm-up time, um, I was frantically going through like my old like search history of all the images that I'd pulled up and like putting back together the the slideshow. Oh my god. And so I I didn't even have like time to warm up. And I was like, don't worry, it's just one of the biggest recitals I've ever done. You know, no, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> I was like, at least uh, I'll I'll get a warm up like on stage with the uh, the first piece. I I scheduled something that I was put it programmed it at least that the first the beginning of the first piece was was like nice and loud. <laughs> and I just was gonna get I just got through it, but it was like that was killer. Um, and I remember they asked me to be in Athena, and they asked to if I wanted to play with um, the brass quintet that was going to be playing. I think it was Seraph Brass. Yeah. And I was like, you want me to, <laughs> to host, to be a featured artist, to play with Seraph and Athena? And I was like, mm-hmm. I can I can burn the candle on both ends, but I I, <laughs> I can't. I need a four ended you know candle in that case not gonna work um but yeah, that was Ra- it. Ra- Raquel's not playing with us and she usually does because she's hosting there's just no way yeah, there's no way there's no way um but that was that was good times having everyone out to Rowan and and last time where was it where was it last time Arizona State University yeah yeah and now we're at North Texas yay Mm-hmm. How often do they do this? <clears throat> Every two years is the idea. COVID got in the way of that. Um, but it, it also wasn't exactly every two years, like 2019, 2017, 2014. So sometimes it has to do with um, who's hosting and when the, the school is available, you yeah. know. Um, but for a long time, it was East Coast. So when we went to Arizona State, I think that was the first time, I'm not 100% sure about this, but I think it was the first time ever that they went like west of the Mississippi. So um, it was a, it was kind of like, wow, that's a big deal. And now they're doing the North, North Texas, which is really cool. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. It, it, it just, my first conference was 2003 when I was in Athena as a bass trombonist and I'll be honest, like, I didn't know what it was. I was like, oh, well, this is some kind of, like, very specific, obscure little conference, and I don't I don't really understand why we're going, but I get to play some bass trombone, so I'll go. And it was tiny. It was, like, it was at Illinois State University, and it was, like, three rooms, it felt like. I'm sure it was more than that, but it felt very small. But every year, it just gets bigger and more wide to the to the larger audience, and it's just, I think it's one of the best conferences out there. I think I, it's, it's, I was telling my student, um, he's going off to college next year. He's going off to college next year. And, um, we were, uh, I was saying, if you can, if you have the opportunity to go to, if you have the opportunity to go to, uh, to an IWBC, if it's ever close to you, you should grab all of your friends and go. I told him it's kind of like, it flips like the, the feeling of conferences on its head. Cause so many times when I'm at a conference, it feels like so many people are trying to, to meet the big names and like reach out and network with those people. But at the IWBC, it's like, it's flipped upside down. And those are the people who are reaching out and trying to lift up everyone else. 
they're, they're going out and, and meeting, um, young professionals and, and kind of giving them advice and helping out. And, and so it really, the atmosphere is, is just awesome. For instance, with Athena, Mm -hmm. uh, for this go around, um, you know, Midwest, we, we had to make sure we knew who was coming and who could play the parts. We needed to know who we could rely on for this. It's more about getting this exposure to those younger musicians. We have more first time Athena members for this particular performance than we've ever had. And a few, a couple college kids as well, which we, we don't typically do a whole lot of. So I'm very excited because like, this will be their first IWBC. This is their first Athena. And like, just to know what they're going to walk away having been exposed to mm-hmm. is exactly why this conference exists. Yeah. How do you, how do you um, determine who's going to be on the roster from one gig to the next? That's a great question and a loaded question. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it started, so Laura Leinberger started in 2003 and she kind of handpicked her section leaders and said, make a band. So the section leaders called who they knew could do the job well. Um, and uh, interestingly, we've never had the same band twice. We've never even had all the same section leaders twice, but we have a lot, we have a, we have a core group, right? Um and so each year, or every time we got together, sometimes every two years, every year, it depended on the, the schedule, um, the section leaders would get called, and then they would make a band. Um, and depending on who the section leader was, we got different sections. It was very interesting. Well, 2019, I started conducting in 2012, but in 2019, uh, I knew it was going to be a, a really important performance because we were making our Midwest application video, right? So... I had a little bit more to do. I was like, Hey, section leaders, think about these people, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) consider, consider these folks. Um, And it was a conversation, you know, and then for Midwest again, it was like, who do we know is going to do the job? So obviously for Midwest performance, that's a very big deal. Um, But we also have a a new board. We've just become, we're trying to become 501c3. We're almost done with the process. We have a board. Um, we have lots of committees, and one of the committees is personnel, because um, it's it's a little tricky. Um, as Athena has grown, in um, in I don't know how to put it, I mean, in in attractive qualities of musicianship, I, I guess. I mean, like Athena has grown since 20, 2003. We've played um, our, our music selection has gotten more intricate and complex. Um, the level of musicianship has just absolutely increased more and more people want to be in it. And it's hard because we want people to be in it, but you know, it's a brass band instrumentation. You're not going to have 90 people on stage. So we have to try to rotate in and out. Um, like Amy's done a couple in a row now, but I don't know if she'll do the next one. Like I, it's kind of weird. I know I'm not conducting the next one just because I can't do it, but that's great because we have a lot of people who can conduct. So um, anyway, we have a personnel committee now, <laughs> excuse me, we have a whole uh, database of who has played, which which Athena events they've played. Um, and then, uh, you know, there's a, there's a particular part that they prefer to play, cornet versus flugelhorn, or, you know, like third cornet versus piano or whatever it might be. Um, and we're trying to be a little bit more intentional about who we call and making sure we, we spread, spread the love. Because, like, again, we had some college kids this time around, which we haven't really done before, but Jen Oliverio had some names. She's like, what about this person? What about that person? I'm like, I don't know those people. Who are they? 
like Amy Millison, who is a, a principal cornet at James Madison University, she's playing with us this time. That's going to be phenomenal for her just to be at that conference and to have a reason to be there. And then for the reason to be Athena, I can't, I don't know um, how she's going to walk away feeling, but I have a pretty good idea. So, you yeah. know, the personnel committee is now a large part of the selection. And it's hard because again, you want everybody, you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but um, it's not about, oh, well, you weren't good enough to get asked this time. It's who else can we bring in? And, who do we need to move around to make that happen? That that seems like a fairly interesting process, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you know, for for the conductor, I'm sure it's probably more scary than anything because like you don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> sometimes. Well, yeah, and it, like I said, like initially we didn't know. Like there was, I remember 2014, half the band I'd never met before. I was like, oh hey, who are you? You know, like. <laughs> So you're programming pieces for a band that you don't really know. Um, that is a little bit of a challenge. Now, the good news is we trust our core group to, to do what they need to do. And the people on the personnel committee, you know, we're not, we're not going with people we aren't aware of. So somebody might recommend somebody and that's great, but we need to know more, just more than a name. So we actually have on our website, uh, a form people can fill out that has, you know, I'm interested in joining Athena, which is great. And they fill in all their information, <coughs> excuse me, post-COVID. Um, and they, we fill all their information out. And um, if we don't know them, then we ask for recommendations and a video. And that, that process has not actually happened yet, which is kind of cool. We have, I think, uh, I don't know, several, maybe eight, maybe eight people who have filled out that form. And so far, all of them have a connection to Athena that somebody knows them. But um, so far, nobody's filled out the form who we don't know. But I'm kind of anticipating at IWBC, because we're going to push that. I'm anticipating having somebody fill out the form that we're like, who are you? <laughs> Send us a video. Let's see what you can do, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And we've talked about some other ideas of how to grow Athena. And, you know, like maybe there's a college Athena. Maybe there's a week-long experience or something like that. And High you know, school Athena. Yeah, I mean, there is an Athena music camp already that Myra King wrote and uh, she leads. It's like a, they have three locations in Atlanta, Chicago, and another place that I'm blanking on. Um, that is it's a Athena music and leadership camp for young women. So we're not affiliated with them. We're trying to make sure we can, you know, offer us up as people who could help out or whatever. But, um, but maybe there'd be a high school version. But then again, like, how do you do that? What does it look like? There's a lot of layers there. It's a lot of work to do that. And like, then who are you going to get to do it? You know, it's a, it's a bit, that's a big uh, undertaking. And, and is there even a market for it? You know, summers, kids are so crazy busy in the summers now. Yeah. So, you know, that's very different. That'd a, yeah, that'd be a tough one. So we'll see. <laughs> I think Athena is, is with it becoming, working towards becoming a 501c3 there's a lot more stuff uh that's that's made possible in athena's future you know i with it being a 501c3 then can people like donate to support the ensemble they can and actually on the website is another button that uh directs you to a paypal link and while we're not um 100 501c3 we're super close so um 
I, I anticipate this year having it finalized. So if you donated now, you could probably write that off. Um, but we have had donations come in already, which is kind of a cool thing. You know, they're they're slow, but this is a new thing. We haven't we haven't really advertised it a whole lot yet either. Um, just kind of making sure our ducks in a row. But we are we're we're, we're good to go. We do have a PayPal account all lined up and all those things. We have some great ideas in the works and some great opportunities coming down. So hopefully we can get that donation thing working because I think we're going to need it to be able to make all these other great ideas come to fruition. I looked yeah. it up really quick, by the way. I looked it up. It is listed right now as Atlanta and Minnesota are the okay. two locations that are mentioned on their website right now. Okay. The Athena Music and Leadership Camp? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Very cool. So I wonder what's um is a is a possible like tour in the in the future? Hmm. So ideally, hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> so uh, we have our our big twenty year anniversary coming up in twenty twenty three, um, and so we had had a conversation about doing like an East Coast tour of summer music camps, Brevard, Eastern Music, maybe the Athena Leadership Camp. I mean, we haven't talked to Myra yet, but um, but trying to maybe do something of that nature uh, and just kind of have a week or two where we just travel and play and make connections with lots of great musicians, young and old. Um, and then we have another opportunity that's very in, uh, in the infant stages, um, Lucy Pankhurst, uh, who's a great brass band composer. We're actually playing one of her pieces next week. Um, she has uh, come up with this amazing idea and we're, again, the very young infantile stages right now um, of doing the January Brass Festival at Royal Northern College of Music. Ooh, nice. Yes. So, <clears throat> yeah, I know. Look that at would him, he's be nice. amazing. <laughs> it would be amazing. So um, she and I, she just wrote me like three days ago, just giving me an update of where she is at. So she's got to get some stuff lined up over there first before we can start doing our stuff. Um, but the idea was to have, you know, our band play a program of all female composers. And she's got a couple of those people lined up um, doing and not just doing that one performance, but like, you know, maybe doing a couple uh, young people's concerts. That was Jen Oliverio's idea. Um, maybe get into a Black Dyke rehearsal room for a rehearsal or something, you know, just kind of see what we can do while we're there, make the most of our time and really make sure we represent Athena the best that we can. So Again, none of that's been confirmed, but that's kind of stuff that we're working toward. You know, Athena is um, it's a special group, and while we can, why not? Why not? Yeah. That would be super cool. Yes. <laughs> yes. What day do you all perform on for IWBC? Let's go. I'm sorry, what? What day do you all perform on? We are Thursday night. So... Our rehearsals will start at 2.30 on Tuesday. So we go, what, what is it, five hours on Tuesday, Amy? I don't I should, remember. <laughs> I shouldn't have too. I think it's like five hours on Tuesday and then uh, three hours Wednesday morning. I have scheduled three hours Wednesday afternoon, but honestly, most chops are fried by that point. We usually do about an hour and a half. Um, I do have Thursday morning reserved. I always have Thursday morning reserved. We never, ever use Thursday morning. Just... I'm one of those plan for the worst, hope for the best kind of people. And so far, we've never needed it. Um, so, yeah, uh, the idea is to, like, do Tuesday, push hard Tuesday, push hard Wednesday morning, 
um, do what we need to do Wednesday afternoon and then like do nothing <laughs> and then the performance. But one of the tricky things about IWBC is that everybody's so involved. And um, in the past we would have, we would have like several people miss a chunk of rehearsal. And previously with the programs we had, it wasn't a huge deal. Like music wasn't too difficult or too intricate to put together. Um, but the last couple IWBCs, it's been a little bit more challenging. So uh, we've had to kind of say, look, we need you to not be playing with other groups, um, if at all possible. Now, obviously, that doesn't work for everybody. Some people are giving recitals. Some people are doing a presentation or a master class, and that's great. I mean, we don't want the, to preclude them from doing those things. But um, it is a little tricky. We do have a couple people who do have a couple conflicts. But I feel like compared to previous IWBCs, that number has gone down a bit. So... Um, we'll see how that goes. So what, uh, what's the program for the, for the IWBC show? What's going on? Haven't you been practicing? I have, I know what it is. <laughs> uh, the music, I, I, the music is right behind me. Um, <laughs> and I've been, I've been practicing my, my butt off, but for those of you who don't know what it is. So we are opening with shine is the light by Peter Graham. Um, and a lot of people will close with that. And I was like, yeah, it's a good closer, but I think it's also a good opener. It's a long opener. It's like eight and a half minutes, but I feel like it's gonna, I feel like this is the kind of crowd that will dig that. So we'll do that. Um, we're going to feature Jen Oliverio on, um, uh, a little star went out flugelhorn solo, uh, written by Philip Harper. Um, I can't remember the exact order at this point. I think we do star like March next and Starlake is one of the classic Salvation Army marches but we're going to have Carol Dawn Reinhardt conduct that and why that is exciting is that she's the first female to ever conduct the Salvation Army brass band um, she's amazing she's a, a trumpet teacher in Germany um, she's she's been around she's like one of the masters she's I think she was honored was she honored at Rowan or was that at Arizona State as a pioneer I think I think it was Rowan with we had I think we had her we had uh Marin Alsop there I remember getting pictures of Marin Alsop like at Rowan I'm like Marin Alsop is like at Rowan <laughs> like oh yeah. my gosh. um like, but yeah I, think, I, as, I seem to remember uh Carol up there too yeah and as yeah. much as we all know Marin Alsop you know Carol Don is just as much of a legend just lesser known just because of you know she's very specific to trumpet and cornet but like her her pedigree is amazing so mm -hmm. she's gonna do that um we have we're gonna play on the hymn song of philip bliss we are gonna do um lucy's piece where she where she sings freely which is um a very modern piece has narration um and it's it's it kind of an intense piece. I, I think this is the audience to perform it for. I, there are some audiences I would not program it for um, only because of the topic. And I feel like, again, this is the right one. Um, Michael Grassi, who's Brass Band of Battle Creek's conductor, he is gonna uh, conduct Gail Robertson's March that she wrote for BBBC and Midwest um, that they just played at. It's called Persistence. Um, let's see, we are going to do a beautiful piece by Philip Sork called Mountain Song. Um, <clears throat> and of course, we've already talked about Dorothy Gates and, and Hope. Um, this is, I don't know if, I don't think our recording got this, but this is, this was the test piece for the se second section at NABA this year. 
Dorothy Gates, of course, a composer and arranger for Salvation Army, trombone mm -hmm. player, New York staff bench is amazing. Um, and this piece, it's a, it's a 13 and a half minute long piece that is just, it just paints a really cool picture. Um, and the topic is again, pretty heavy, um, but it really highlights what a brass band can do. So I'm excited about that. And we have an encore that I'm not gonna talk about, but it's definitely <laughs> different. Not something I would have ever imagined us doing at any kind of uh, indoor performance. But I think, again, I think this is the audience that we can pull this off. I think we can do it. So did I forget anything, Amy? I think that's all of it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, and of, course you're doing, right. of course you're doing this without intermission, right? Correct. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> um, yeah, and actually this is a shorter concert than we usually do because they, they programmed us at I think seven and then chromatic brass ensemble, I think at 8.30. So we have, um, we usually do like an hour and a half-ish with speaking and stuff. So I'm gonna cut down on the speaking a lot. I'm not gonna talk before every, every tune. In fact, I usually don't talk at all, <laughs> but I figured it's time to, to be a big girl and do the speaking. I'll probably blubber <laughs> over it and stutter and it's gonna be terrible, but it's okay. Um, but I feel that way, the timing, I can kind of keep things flowing. If we need to move along, I can do that and not have to worry about a narrator figuring that out. So um, there'll be significantly less talking, which I'm a little concerned about the chops for, but we got some pretty, pretty awesome players. We got the horses, so we'll figure it out. <laughs> is, that, is that something that you did with Cobb all the years you directed them is would you talk a lot in between pieces to spell the chops a little bit but also are you comfortable talking like it's the one thing I don't like the most about being a brass band conductor is talking to an audience <laughs> so okay and Amy you're gonna laugh Amy, okay Tony and Amy you know me Aaron I'm sorry I don't know you yet but I think we're gonna become good friends next week um <laughs> I did not speak in high school like teachers were concerned about me in high school because I just I didn't speak um and then I was a senior in the high school band. I had to call the band to attention and it was mortifying. I hated it. In college, people thought I was stuck up because I wouldn't talk to them. And it was not because I didn't think I should talk. I was scared to death that I was going to sound stupid. Even to this day, if I'm in a meeting, I will turn bright red when I have to speak. <laughs> like and give it a, it's, it's embarrassing. I'm like 45 years old. And Thanks it's for like, coming on to an audio podcast, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. But here's the thing. So I started conduct. Well, I started teaching, and you have to speak in front of the parents. Yeah. But I was like, okay, they don't really know what I'm talking about. It's fine. Brass band audiences know, like they know. And when I started conducting Cobb, I tried to convince anybody to be the MC for any concert, and they're like, no, I don't want to do it. No, I don't want to do it. I tried so hard, but um, it ended up being me. And I will tell you that the first, especially the first year. I stumbled over pretty much every sentence I spoke and I would turn around and be like, Bleh! I can't believe I just said that. Oh my gosh. Or like I would turn around and like say, whisper to this, the principal credit, I hate talking. I hate it. You know, but 16 years of Cobb, you do it a lot. I mean, we'd had several concerts, what, 10, 15 concerts a year. You get used to it. I will say I have a public persona and then I have my actual persona. And 
like when I was speaking at IWBC, it will, it'll be my public more formal, you know, but I still, I think one thing that I, I, I can't get rid of and I'm glad I'm still a goofball. So I'll still announce something and I'll still be silly about it and I'll make a joke or whatever. And, um, I'll prepare, I'll prepare announcements. I'll prepare comments, but, um, I won't read them off the page. That's just not my style. There are way people, if there are people who are way better at it than I am and we have way more cooth. I'm just not, I'm not that polished. Well, yeah, I, I have the same problem. If I, if I have to make sure that I say something, I have to write it down. You know, mm-hmm. like, like at NABA, I read what I was going to say. Because if I didn't read what I was going to say, I was going to make a fool of myself. And I did not mm-hmm. want to do that. Because when yeah. I do the pieces for, the, for my brass band concerts, it's like, well, I, I research and I have an idea what I'm going to say, but I can't read something because that does, that's not entertaining. Right. So, right. So and you got to figure out the flow and, yeah. and how are people reacting and what's their response to what you say? And yeah. Yeah. So, so I'll, I'll riff in between pieces and stuff that I thought I was going to say, I'll end up not saying stuff that I shouldn't say, I'll end up saying <laughs> I'm just like, Oh my God, what am I doing? <laughs> You know, and the band's yeah. just sitting back listening to me going, what the hell is he talking about up there? You know, Yeah, like, I've had more than my fair share of those moments where I turn around the band cracking up because I just made a fool of myself. And like at Midwest, we did introduce uh, for the piece Rest uh, a, a, a good... Um, a good friend of several of our members had passed away previous, and he's a, a legend band director in Ohio, Dan Meeks. And we, we did write out uh, a thing for him and I did read it verbatim at Midwest because I did not want to mess that up fortunately for things like IWBC or most like summer festivals or whatever the stakes for me screwing it up are not that high <laughs> so it's like I can say what I need to say but also if I feel like the audience might respond a little bit and it's a, a relaxing moment gets the band to laugh a little bit and relax their shoulders you know get them not to be so tight then I'm going to do that you know, but yeah, I have had more than my fair share of blunders. Yeah. And it's like, everyone in the band's like, well, yeah, but Tony, your personality comes out. I'm just like, should it? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't think I've ever cussed on a microphone, but there were a couple of times I got close. I don't think I ever actually did it. (laughs) That's my biggest fear is that I'll say something that I, like that I shouldn't, you know, (laughs) And of course, now that I've said that on your podcast, you know what's going to happen next week. Oh, I would give <laughs> money to see that. <laughs> lots, lots Great. <laughs> I think Patrick Oliverio is recording it all, so maybe he'll get it. <laughs> well, now that you've said it publicly with this coming out, everybody's going to bring their phone and just be ready just in case. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> He's talking. He's talking. <laughs> She's talking. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're not going to record the band, just you talking. <laughs> you could have somebody. You could have somebody before every piece uh, tell everyone to turn off their phones. I know, right? Uh, yeah. Turn like them up now. Keys, you know? <laughs> yeah. I said that I every. Oh my goodness! Announcing first section and it says, "Please turn off your devices." And then I would walk off stage to six text messages from whoever was on the thing going, ha, 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 "You can't tell me what to do." <laughs> I'm like, listen, I'm just reading, you know. I- I was at a concert this past Sunday, a choir concert, and um, I got I got caught off guard because the 
And now she said, please turn off all cell phones and pagers. <laughs> I was like, pagers? Pagers. And pagers. <laughs> Somebody Who has a maybe, pager? Maybe they have a lot of doctors go to their concerts specifically, and it's actually <laughs> do been a problem. doctors use pagers anymore? <laughs> no, Is that what they think so. They do. They still do. <laughs> they do. Mm-hmm. Oh, but only, okay. But only in the hospital, right? Like, when they go home, they can leave their 1920s technology at, home, at the hospital, right? Yeah, maybe, you know, they're in scrub. I see, you know, they're in scrub. I don't know. I'm trying to make excuses for the poor guy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I've seen any. I, My brother-in-law's a doctor. My dad was a doctor. I haven't seen a pager on either of them. My, They used to have pagers, and it used to go off a we lot see of the time. Here, we see them here, especially... Um, because I live in Florida, a lot of the times when you see somebody in scrubs, um, they also work at nursing homes. Um, so uh, you see a lot of pagers of nursing home people. Got it. I think we should bring the pager back. Everybody I don't think I ever even what understood a how it worked. I don't think I, I ever, I never had one. And I, I remember when it was like a trend for everyone to have pagers and there's all these like codes that you could like send people and stuff. And I just, even back then, I was like, why? Listen, we thought low-rise bootcut jeans were a good idea. Like, it's, it's, we thought BlackBerry was the coolest device you could ever have. Just something that looked, yeah. made it look like you had a tumor in your pocket. Oh, the wide leg jeans that every time you, that were too long, that every time you walked anywhere with any moisture on the ground, it like soaked halfway up your leg. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah. Well, that, that was that's if you haven't already stepped, so the whole back of it. Hasn't it already been, like, been yeah. torn up by your by your etnies while you're listening to Avril Lavigne <laughs> on your Walkman tape deck. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I love it! <laughs> I love it. Okay, so actually, we're... I I actually okay. had a question, um, or okay. I I wanted to talk about something about IWBC because like obviously me saying yeah I'm playing a recital at the International Women's Brass Conference everybody looks at me six different ways, um, <laughs> and so can we especially especially. Um, especially Jessica and Amy, can we go through some of the, like, the, like, general misconceptions about, like, what this conference is and who can go and what it's for? Um, it's just clear the air on this a little bit. So I think the biggest misconception is that it's for international women brass players. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's not. It's for anybody. Literally Anybody. You know, and I think when it first started, yeah, it was primarily women, uh, primarily from North America. Um, but I know we've had um, in our band for this next week, we have Kanamata on it coming from Japan. We had Bente Ilovold from Norway in 2019. Um, so the international part is very much a prominent part of it and it's growing. But the women's part, it's not just for women. I mean, it's for anybody who needs inspiring, you know, and that's what is so cool. We, we have this, I shouldn't say, I'm not representing the conference. I should probably tell you, I'm not like part of the board or anything, but like, I feel so in tune with it because it's, the idea is to, you know, share what you know, give other people a chance to grow, um, inspire those who maybe need a little bit of a nudge. You know, like Amy was saying earlier, it's not people going and finding the big names. It's the big names finding the the not so names. And um, the fact that, you know, we have we have these competitions that have great monetary prizes that are open to everyone, open to everyone. I mean, I remember Grant Jameson won. uh, What year was that? 2014, 2017. I mean, like there have Mm -hmm. been male winners because that's we wanted the best musician to win. And maybe sometimes it's a guy that's totally cool. 
it's not it's not exclusionary it's very inclusive and I think that's actually why I like this conference so much is because it it feels inclusive you know you can say well we're Mm -hmm. an inclusive conference saying you are is very different than walking the walk Amy definitely yeah (laughs) I I explain it I tell people that this is a conference that that um celebrates women in brass and and it's open for anyone who wants to come and and understand that we're we're lifting up female composers we're lifting up women brass players while not while not excluding the the male composers and the, and the male players you know what i mean so so we have we have uh we have everyone at this conference um and it's it's such a it's such a diverse and uplifting environment um i really i really look forward to it and it's as <laughs> this is kind of funny as an introvert um i usually get exhausted by conferences because i just putting myself out there is just exhausting for me um but this conference i go and i feel energized through it yeah um and it's it's such a unique experience um and it's it's uh it's a cool experience in that so so much of of what i do so frequently i'm in the room with one or two or three other women um and and to be able to to be in a space where where that number is so much higher is just a cool um is just a cool experience experience i think especially for the the younger people who come um yeah. because they haven't had that chance yet <laughs> so it, 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 it yeah. changes the atmosphere mm-hmm. so there are i don't know what percentage of the conference is men um we we always accept i see all genders represented and it's uh, it's a really inclusive environment. Um, and I, as I said, I love going to it. It changed my life, and I didn't I didn't know it was going to. Um, like I said, I kind of went because I had a chance to play in a brass band that seemed like a cool thing. Um, but you guys, like, look, here's what I do. I teach middle school and high school band at a private school in Central Ohio. I, I have a master's degree in education. I don't have a master's degree in conducting. That's a longer story. That wasn't my choice. Um, anyway, um, but I don't have a doctorate. I don't have, you know, I don't have a military band experience in my past. There's a lot. I, I'm, I'm literally just a band director. Um, Laura Leinberger, who founded Athena, who's our, who's our, I mean, she's just, ugh, she is Athena. Um she knew I was conducting Cobb Central Ohio Brass Band and it's like, hey, we need somebody for 2012's uh, Gettysburg Fe- Festival because I need a Cocker Hunt who was our previous conductor who had started to conduct the band from Cincinnati Brass Band um, and pre- former president of NABA. Um, Anita couldn't make that gig. And so Laura literally took a chance and threw it my way. She had no reason really to trust that I could do a better job than anybody else. But she's like, hey, go ahead, try it. And, and I did, and that was great. And it went fine. It was a summer festival, so nothing too heavy music wise. Um, 
got a chance to do it again in 2014 at IWBC, which was, I mean, at my at that point in my life, the largest, the biggest performance I'd had, you know, in terms of the quality of the band and the venue and all the stuff. Naba was great, don't get me wrong. But like, I knew Cobb, Cobb was my people. <laughs> like, I saw Cobb every week. Coming into doing Athena, like lickety split turnaround two days, that was very different. And then 27, I mean, it just kept going. But out of that came up opportunities from like Ginger Turner, who is um, former Sergeant Major of the U.S. Army Field Band. Ginger's, uh, are we allowed to swear on this? We already did our Oh yeah, lunch Ginger's a badass. <laughs> so here's the thing. Um, <laughs> I, I, the, the unofficial rule is if they don't say it on The Simpsons, don't say it here. Okay, well, she's a serious badass. Um, and she hosts the Holiday Brass in Baltimore which um, is this really cool one night only brass concert of holiday music that has people from every military band, like the big ones, the national symphony, all these amazing things. She had me come out and conduct it. And I was like, why? I honestly, I didn't know why I was being asked to do that, but she saw what we were doing with Athena. She and Laura talked, Ginger threw it at me. That was amazing. I mean, like, this conference has literally changed my life. I went to not knowing what I was doing with my life to having a pretty good clue as to what I need to do with my life. And none of it would have happened without this conference. And again, I'm, I'm, this is going to sound weird. I don't really feel this way anymore, but like, I'm a nobody, you know, I don't have any big college gig. I don't have the degrees, but this conference has given me a lot and I'm hoping to just, you know, be grateful all the time and and do what I'm supposed to do with it and be responsible with it and and you know make it what it can be. So um, I have bad news for you, Jess. You're not a nobody anymore. <laughs> well, you're, on, you're on the New World Brasscast for Christ's sake. Woohoo! <laughs> all right. You you're know, somebody I, now. I'm somebody. I'm somebody. I'm in the phone book. Um, <laughs> somebody knows that reference. Thank goodness. Yeah, oh we're God. old, Tony. We're old. Yeah, way too old. <laughs> Even Aaron doesn't know that one, and he knows everything pop culture related. I mean, I know what a phone book is. I know that. Part. You got to watch. Steve, you got to watch the jerk with Steve Martin. Oh my goodness! Oh, no, but I mean, but like literally, and and I think that's part of it. Is like where I won't say anything else about anything bad, but where I went to school, women weren't encouraged to do things. Like I wasn't really encouraged to get that master's in conducting. Why? That's a great question. But if you look at the conducting studio, it's like all white guys, <laughs> like, come on. Like, and I didn't, you get these hidden messages for 10, 20 years and you start believing them. And I got all of a sudden these other messages that were very conflicting to what I was hearing my entire life saying, oh, you could totally do this. Oh, why aren't you doing this? What you could totally, here, you should do this. And then you start going, yeah, why aren't I doing that? Like, mm -hmm. what the heck? I, I can totally do that. I'm going to do that, you know, and it's, it's a game changer. And I'm so excited for these young women who are going to be in Athena next week. We have like, again, a few of them who are in college still who, man, for them to get the message at the age they're getting the message mm -hmm. is going to be life-changing. They may not even realize it. And that's cool. That's totally fine, but it's going to change your life. I'm so excited. So so I started at the university that I teach at about two years before COVID and there were zero tube euphonium students. So I, my, my first studio is literally a COVID studio. Like we just, I didn't have enough people to go do things. And then once I had enough people to start doing things, things were no longer happening. 
Um, mm. So I had I had a handful of kids go to Surtech, and um, we noticed at the professor's choir that Dr. Van Tynen was the only female on stage for the professor's choir between two mazen euphoniums that represented the entire Southeast. Um, yep. Joel Collier was the only person of color, and I was the youngest. Um, yeah. And my studio noticed it. And I have a student who's going to this um, – and she's competing in the competition she's volunteering and she's done the mentorship program before and so i'm just like this is literally i i'm hoping it's going to be something to like oh this is what this is like this is the community and 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 you know i it's kind of like what you were talking about earlier with athena about the growth of that group and through the conference is it really has become and i don't know if you're so close to it that you don't see it but in the same way that like when I was coming up in like college, we, you know, it was, it was Battle Creek was like this like goal honor band to possibly be a part of. My mm-hmm. my students are talking about Athena in the same way. Like there was like, Yay! oh, I, can, I can't, I couldn't <laughs> imagine playing tuba beside Joanna Ross Hershey or something like that. Like that's, they're thinking about it that way. And so, I mean, the, the work's being done. The a culture is being created around it and it's really cool. That's fantastic to hear. Uh, Thank you. Hey, tell them to come to the rehearsals. I mean, they're not closed or anything that on purpose. They're just rehearsals. So tell them to come find us and say hi. Seriously. It's the, it's a student that Amy dodged at NABA. Oh. What? <laughs> it wasn't intentional. It was, No, remember, I was like, I have a kid that I need you to see. That's why I was, like, so adamant about us hanging out. It was I wanted you to meet my kid. Oh. But, but you'll be at this, so she'll be there, too. And she's volunteering, okay. and she'll be there the whole time. Okay. All right. Yeah, but also we. She was like, "Should I do Falcone or International Women's Brass?" I was like, "Well, the lit's better for IWBC, and they pay out way better. So way better. Do you yeah. want to go to IWBC or do you want to go to a band camp in Michigan?" You make it sound <laughs> bad. It's not bad. <laughs> I was like, "Do you want to leave Florida in July f- or in in this time of year for Texas or a lake?" depends on who you talk to some people would choose the latter you know it is funny we you know when we have spring break we do go up to like seattle like the pacific northwest is where we, we literally the opposite corner <laughs> well I, i'm excited to meet your student and i, I think uh, like i said this is on on so many different levels it's gonna change perspectives which in turn will change lives yeah and, and i hope i hope that through this uh through this podcast episode, we can convince people out there to support Athena, to to go to the IWBC. Remember, it's for everyone. Um, and I mean, obviously, it's too late for you to to show up unless you're local for uh, for this year's IWBC. But but kind of put it on your radar. This is a place that is is changing lives and uh, eye opening for so many people and. Um, it's growing exponentially <laughs> every time we get together. Um, so hopefully we can we can drum up some support for both Athena, for the International Women's Brass Conference, for all that they're doing and everyone they're supporting. Yeah. Awesome. Are we gonna do a question? Oh yeah, we need a question. Aaron, you're the you're the question person. We so do need a question, we don't so we? Do need, we need a question. We need a Uh-oh. question. Drum roll, drum roll, please. I've, I've got one that's kind of, kind of simplistic. But Those kind are the of, best ones. Yeah, it sticks along with what we, we usually do for these. But All the right. question I would have is, who is your favorite 
or what was your favorite performance or player that's a female that you heard perform live? Maybe as a soloist. Oh my God. Okay. Actually, that's a very easy one. Um, so th- it just happened at Midwest. Amy Nelson uh, performed. Um, yeah. My love is like a red, red rose. Oh my and goodness. can I just tell you, it was, so if, good. if you don't so know Amy good. or Amy's sound or Amy's musicianship, um, then you are missing out. She played that and tears in the audience chills the entire time. I mean, ugh. and I had the best vantage point. I just was like, I'm just waving my arms. I get to enjoy the whole thing. And let me just tell you, oh, it was amazing. And she's just, she's got the sound, first of all. You know, her sound is just the sound you want every cornet player to have. Um, but then she puts this whole layer of musicianship on top of it. And it's just, it's not human. <laughs> but... Yeah. But yeah, that, that, I think it's going to stick with my answer. Yeah. That's what I say. That's, that's a pretty good one. And to have it be so recent is even better. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Aaron? At Surtec, uh, the Georgia brass band did essentially a showcase concert where like, it was like a piece and a soloist, piece and a soloist, piece and a soloist. And it was like, everybody played well. So just because I'm going to highlight this one person does not mean that I think anybody was bad, but like Justin Benavidez came in and crushed it. Adam Fry played and crushed it. Uh, Cass- Jason Casanova, but Beth Weiss played. She's amazing. Oh my goodness. Like she just like, she just came in. Of course she was the only woman who was featured in that way. And she just comes in. I don't even remember what she played. Cause I didn't know it before, but literally there were literal, there was a lot of younger people who I don't think knew who she was. Um, like you, I, I just happened to know all the Florida studios. So I saw like some of the USF kids and the UF kids and, you know, sparkles of people and the, and like literal heads go up from the phone when she started playing, you know, it was kind of ho home. And then like she, she plays and it's just instantly. It was phenomenal. And then she went and judged me at, Nab and I had, I was so nervous about the competition. I had no idea it was her when I went up and handed her my music. So you know you've made an impact when you can get somebody to look up from their phone. <laughs> a twenty-year-old, yeah. That's amazing. We gotta, yeah. we gotta get in touch with her. <laughs> yeah, she should be playing in Athena someday. All right, well, hook us up, Aaron. Put on the list. <laughs> Amy, Amy, I've been, I've embarrassed uh, myself too much around her to like let her know because so at that thing I was like oh if I was in her position I would want photos so I took photos of her never having spoken to this woman but just being Facebook friends with her so I took photos of her competing and I sent it to her and I said hey great job oh by the way I thought you might want this like five minutes later I was like I'm not just some guy who like just takes photos of people and she was like thank you so much I completely understand where you're at and she was so nice to me about that but like I had this like oh I'm gonna be nice about this oh no I'm terribly creepy right now I didn't even like realize unintentionally so like you're I'm not how you're going to get that because I've already embarrassed myself to a point where I will never be on her radar again. <laughs> oh, you'll be on her radar. Oh, uh, yeah. Hey, you know that. Oh, he's that one guy who just takes <laughs> photos of people. Restraining order. I think it was Ashley Hall. Um, and She's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I... I heard her I think was the International Trumpet Guild possibly the first time and um that was 
that was a, a moment just hearing hearing her and then um and then uh at IWBC she was we had her as a featured artist um and we were when it was at Rowan we were all on different like we spread the the featured artists throughout the the large ensembles and so uh Ashley and I were on the same concert and I remember I was I was flipping out backstage <laughs> I I did I did the the first movement of the Cosma and and preparing that running the festival with an eight-month-old at home um and and preparing the Cosma <laughs> it was just like oh my gosh it was it was crazy it was you know and uh, I remember I was kind of flipping out backstage because I was also going through like imposter syndrome because I was I was sharing a dressing room with Velvet Brown and I'm just like, oh my gosh! Hey, okay. that thing's real. That imposter syndrome thing—that is real. Yeah, and and so she she just I think she caught me and she was like, she she just put me, like held me by the shoulders and she's like we are all in this together and you are going to rock it and it is going to be amazing. And you need to trust yourself because you are a wonderful musician. And she like, she did this whole thing. And then she walks out on stage and kills it. And then she comes off stage and she's like, she's like, you are a wonderful person. And, she, and like, she just went right like that from this show stopping performance to going backstage and like, not, not focusing on her focusing directly on me and being like it's gonna be amazing you know um yeah. so she is a she is a wonderful wonderful person uh inside and out every time I've seen her she has just been uh just a, a really um just a pure person you know what I mean like the, her personality just is is just glowing so it's just like um hearing her perform uh and then I think it was partially that experience of having of of then seeing her backstage <laughs> and seeing yeah. that 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 fantastic performance just shown through in like such a fantastic person too, you know. She's moving back to Ohio. I know. Yeah. I, I just, know. I just heard that. I just heard that. I I texted people when that happened <laughs> when when she made the announcement. I was like, Ashley Hall is going to be in Ohio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's, that's awesome. Gonna have to have to bring her up for Dublin Youth Brass Band sometime. Hey. Without a doubt. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well then, uh, I think uh, I think it's time to wrap up. So hopefully we'll see you guys, uh, everyone who's listening at some uh, IWBC in the future because it's a great experience. And yes. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for being with us, Jess. It's really appreciated. Yeah. Thanks for having me, you guys. Okay. Um...